Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Yeah, dude, this is easily the toughest conference that I had to look at so far. Well, the toughest division. Yeah, kind of, with all the teams kind of sort of bunched up like they are. I guess maybe is the way I'd describe it. Like, there's no no one clearly stands out above everyone else, right? Like a, like a Texas. Yeah, um, no. You know, or a Clemson slash FSU. There's just, you know, there's seven teams. There's a couple I think will be decent. Or, or at least improved uh, one team that's going to be horrific and then three or four other teams I really don't know what to do with. Well, you should know that. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know what this is going to – I don't know what it's going to be like. We'll see. I, I think we I'm, – I'm anxious to do it because I want to see how much we differ with all these teams being so close. That's the only mm-hmm. reason I'm like excited to do this. But. That's true. I think there's enough uh, – kind of uncertainty with some of these teams that we're probably more likely to, to be divisive on these than the, than we have so far. Oh yeah. All right. Well, that being said, welcome back to the South end zone here on the belly up sports network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with a uh, college football writer for belly up sports, Eric Mulher, as per the usual, what's going on, Eric? <sighs> Big week for me, man. Coming up. I, I bought my new pressure washer today and I have a oh, list shit. of things that I'm going to be hitting up. Uh, weather dependent this week. I got the driveway, the siding, the fence. It's going to be a pressure washing party at my place. <laughs> what the hell? I had to. I had to finally upgrade I, my my old one that I've had forever. It's it's like a seventeen or eighteen hundred pound electric, and it's just it it's great for what I got it for, right? Which was to do my deck and my fence in my old house, but now it's like, well, you know, two story house can't get the siding. So I, I got a new one upgraded, got a little more oomph, uh, accessorized it. So should be able to do it all now. Dad's everywhere. Just foaming. Rejoicing. At yeah. They're like, Oh <laughs> yes. God, this lucky bastard. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we're going to talk about a few teams today who were not so lucky last year and some that, uh, I mean, this was just, God, can we just call it what it is? This we're going to do the big 10 West today. And this comp, this division sucked last year. It was a joke. Like mm-hmm. uh, what was Purdue's record? Purdue is the defending West champ. What was their record last year? I think they were eight and four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the most lopsided conference in football. It is. We talked about it last week, right? When we were yeah. uh, kind of previewing this, they there's a definite little brother aspect to these guys. Uh, they've just been getting run roughshod over by the East. So we're going to jump right in because I, I mean, we're going to be some of these I feel like will be pretty quick. Um, I don't see us getting too deep into teams like Nebraska since we did an off-season episode with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
Iowa because, well, their offense is trash, uh, but we'll see. So I'm going to come to you first, and let's go ahead and talk about Nebraska since that's probably going to be a relatively short one. And for the listeners, if you haven't uh, heard that one, go back and flip through the feed and find uh, Greg Smith from Rivals.com. What's that? Inside Nebraska is their website, I think. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah, so inside Nebraska, he's a uh, college football writer for them. He came on our show, and we talked about Matt Rule and all the changes that are going on at Nebraska. So uh, go check that out, and you can come back here and make a bet if you want. But uh, talk to me about Nebraska, dude. You're one of the Matt Rule era. Scott Frost is finally gone. Yep. Six and a half wins. I don't know what to do. Give it to me. Okay, so – you look at Nebraska last year, be like, okay, well, what do they need to do better uh, in order to make a bowl game or get to seven wins? And short of just saying everything, right? You look strictly at the offense. Uh, Casey Thompson left, so Jeff Sims, the transfer from Georgia Tech, is going to be starting at quarterback. They get Gabe Irvin Jr. back and Anthony Grant, who led him in rushing last year. Matt Rule is bringing back the fullback, uh, a Nebraska staple. I love that. So. They bring three guys back on the offensive line. They should be better up front. I, they have a couple of tight ends who can play. Gilbert and Fedoni uh, provide a little kind of playmaking and athleticism from the tight end position. It might move those guys around a little bit. You'll probably see them both in the same field or both on the field at the same time. Uh, Marcus Washington is maybe a little more of a deep threat guy. He averaged around 15 yards a catch last year, so he's probably their best returning receiver. So offensively, they scored just under 23 a game last year. Obviously, they need to improve that, and I think they will somewhat. Where they really need to get better was defense because you know they allowed 27 and a half a game. They gave up 189 on the ground. Um, they just they got bullied up front. The, at the second level, they, their run fits were a nightmare. They You would watch a Nebraska game and watch them just get the ball run down their throat. You'd be like, God, do these linebackers even practice together? Like, they're not, they don't look like they're playing the same play. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure they did. No. Yeah, their tackling was god awful, which is part of the run fits, right? They just weren't in position to get it and hit a guy square. But uh, shifting to a 3 3 5, we talked about that with Greg. I don't think um, he didn't, he certainly didn't. I tend to agree with him that they maybe don't have the speed at the linebacker position that they would need to play the run really well in that defense. So there might be still sort of a weakness there, but I think they'll be better against the pass. They would bring back the entire secondary and they even added um, some transfers up front. So I think you see slight improvement on offense, slight improvement on defense. So how much can they improve from four and eight with that? I think they can make it to a bowl game, but I'm not, you know, you look at the schedule front half, you got three wins, a loss, and then a couple of 50, 50 games. Um, there's a couple of winnable games, I think on the back end. So I like them to get to six, but I am not going to pick them to go to seven. So uh, I'm going to take the under, but I won't be shocked if they get to seven and five. Mm. Well, I'm actually with you. I'm on the under as well. I missing Ohio State and Penn State is a really good thing. They do catch Michigan, but it's at home. But I I still, you know, I penciled them in for a loss there. Sure. Well, actually, I wrote I wrote that one in uh, permanent marker. Right. The bold. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, right. (laughs) Yes, definitely the fat one takes up half the page. Mm -hmm. Um, but they. 
like I look at the schedule and they they could get off to a rough start, I guess. Like they they're on the road at Minnesota, but if they were to win that game, I feel like they can win on the road at Colorado because Colorado's trash. But who knows? And then they got a couple of layups before they catch Michigan and on the road at Illinois. Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, their defense is pretty fucking good, man. So I don't know yeah. if Jeff Sims is going to be able to, you know, just run all over them or what. And then on the back end, they got trips to Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm with you. Ultimately, I'm going to pick them to get to a bowl game, but I think that's the ceiling. And yeah. and, on, and truthfully, I, six and six, uh, given the state of their roster and what they've done the last two years, six and six would be great. Oh, dude. Yeah. I think most Nebraska fans would rejoice at the yeah. idea of just six and six and seeing some marginal improvement on defense like and running the ball like playing some old school nebraska football like power run game just be competitive that's all just Mm -hmm. like i don't they they've been blown out in games and i mean this is a program that never ever used to get blown out and now it happens pretty fucking regularly so yeah, I mean, I, and I think given Matt Rule's track record, which we also talked to Greg about, right, his sort of three-year plan type deal, I, I think getting to six and six, uh, knowing what he has done once he gets a team to 500 provides a lot of optimism for my uh, all of my friends who are Huskers fans, of which yeah. there are many. So I think they'd be perfectly happy with six and six. And because from there you think, hey, you know, next year, you know, bring in some more transfers, continue recruiting, get guys – you know, acclimated to his system and how he does things. And next year, you know, 2024, you might be looking at nine wins, 10 wins, especially in this division. Well, there's no divisions next year. So. Oh, uh, fair. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. So they, they may be the whipping boy for all the top teams plus USC. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, okay. So let's move on from Nebraska. <sighs> I just, just want to rip the bandaid off right now and just get yeah, it over. Yeah, with. I'm just okay. I'm gonna just go ahead and rip the bandaid off and talk to me about Northwestern, man. I mean, are they gonna win three games? Nope. They're coming in with a two and a half total, and I have my doubts. That I have serious doubts. Uh, they bring <laughs> back four starters from one of the country's worst offenses. They, uh, you know, they scored thirteen point eight a game last year. Uh, ben Bryant, who played at Cincinnati is going to be starting quarterback. He was he was solid last year. I don't know who he's going to throw to. Um, their top three receivers from last year are gone, and none of those guys hit the 700-yard mark anyway. They bring back one starter on the O-line. Uh, def- offensively, they're, they're going to be bad. Defensively, they won't be as bad, but they're still not going to be good. They gave up 28 a game. They bring a lot of those guys back. They should be at least experienced, but... All the guys they lost on defense are up front, which in this league, it's not is not a good news, not a good sign. Like you need to be good up front with with these teams who are good up front offensively and run the ball. Um, so if you're bad up front on defense in this conference, look out. So I think they'll beat Howard. I think they will probably beat UTEP. I can't talk myself into. You know, unless unless Rutgers, is, Rutgers unless Rutgers is worse than I think they're going to be, uh, I mean, even that is I wouldn't feel great about it. So you know, and then all the off-field stuff turmoil it, that we don't need to rehash here. It's just going to be a year that the Northwestern fans will want to flush from their memory as soon as possible. Under, 
Yeah. That Rutgers game is the kicker, man. It really is. It's yeah. like if they could manage to beat Rutgers on the road somehow. Right. And, I mean, and Rutgers on the road last year. Rutgers is they're getting three and a half from Vegas. So no one's expecting right. them to be very good either. But no, you know, you it's look on the road. At, I mean, it's going to be a close uh, spread. It's not going to be some big like 10, 12 point spread in Rutgers favor. Like sure. it wouldn't shock me if Northwestern was favored, you no. know? Rutgers isn't any good, so I don't know that that game. It's just not something I'm willing to bet. Is all I'm saying. Like it would not shock me if they won three games because I mean they can beat UTEP and they can beat Howard, obviously. But Rutgers, can they beat them or not? I I don't know, and I don't see anybody else on their schedule that they could beat. You know, barring some kind of injury or something crazy happens. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I will point to for this team. They were 1-11 last year after that win on a neutral side in Ireland against Nebraska. This team was minus 19 in turnover margin last year. Holy shit. That has yeah. to be the worst margin in the country. I, I, I haven't found one offhand that is worse than that. So if they can just get out of the double digits on the minus in turnovers – there's a chance that they could have a much better record than they did a year ago. So that's the only thing I'm going to say. I will take the under and say two wins, but it would not shock me if they improve the turnovers that they go over and win three. Imagine having to talk about improving your turnover margin to get to three wins. <laughs> I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. Yeah, not good. Uh, Northwestern was dead last in turnover margin, by the way. They were. Yeah, that's, that, they were, that's what they I was were, figuring. Minus 19 on the year. There were one worse than Central Michigan and six worse than Akron and Rice. Well, and what's funny, like if you look at their total offense, like they were pretty much on par with what they've done like in the past. And like they scored 13.8 points a game, right? And go back like four years ago, they scored 24 points a game, but all their numbers were pretty much the same. Yeah. Except they were plus seven in turnover margin. What you talking about like rush yards per game, yards per carry type stuff, or what do you mean yeah. other numbers? Yeah. 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 All the all the underlying numbers of their offense were relatively close minus the points. And right. I think a lot of that was bad defensive play. Because back then they were giving up, you know, 20, 23 a game. Now they're giving up 29, 30. And you combine that with turning the ball over every other offensive possession it's gonna cause you to get blown out a bunch so i don't know man let's move on northwest we suck uh speaking of not sucking the bielma bus holy shit dude i was really impressed when i actually went and looked at this team i was like my god they were a lot better on defense than i gave them credit for last year like they were excellent i mean for yeah they were better than excellent they were elite on defense yeah yeah I mean, I knew they had like a couple of NFL dudes, you know, mm-hmm. in the back end. and Yeah, uh, they, they had a guy who went like sixth or seventh overall, their corner. Yeah, so I, I knew of him, and I knew, mm-hmm. you know, that they, like you say, I knew they were decent on defense, but when I went back and looked, I was like, holy shit, they were yeah. like 12 points a game? Damn. Now, granted, <laughs> some of that is because they play in this garbage-ass division with a bunch right. of trash offenses. But Part of it is, and I think... Um, I want to say, I don't remember if it was them or Minnesota got like three backup quarterbacks 
in in their games, right? Like you know, playing Nebraska with their backup quarterback or playing whoever with their backup quarterback. But still, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, Twelve point eight per game allowed is sturdy. Yeah, stupid good, not bad. Um, and they only had like five or six guys off the previous year's defense, so it was mostly new guys, which was yeah. impressive. But they're coming in with a six and a half total. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do, man? Is the Bielema bus going to take a step forward here? Because I'm looking at the schedule, dude, and it looks pretty. I don't want to say like easy, but it looks favorable, man. Outside of the week three, you know, Penn State coming to town, it looks pretty favorable. Beyond, yeah, that. I think the schedule is manageable. Certainly, the I don't think they'll be as good on defense. They they're still be very good. They might not. They'll be maybe the best defense in the West. It's offensively, I think is. A little more of the question, right? Because so much of their offense last year hinged on Chase Brown, and he ran for 1,600 yards, and he's gone. So you're looking at Reggie Love the third and Josh McCray probably be splitting carries. They bring in Luke Altmyer from Ole Miss. He'll start at quarterback. They do bring back three of the top four receivers and three starters on the O-line. So I think they'll be okay. They're not going to light up too many scoreboards, but they'll be acceptable. Defensively, where they're really good is up front with Randolph and Newton, and they're deep at linebacker. They got probably five guys that they're comfortable playing at linebacker, even though they are replacing most of the secondary. And and with like we talked about in the Big Twelve, like if you had to choose of, you know, whether you're bringing back a good defensive front or a good secondary, you would choose the secondary in that conference. This one's the opposite. I would want to be good up front in the Big Ten West. So they are. I think they'll be very good on defense, but. Uh, the schedule you talked about, they don't have a bye until way late week nine, yeah. but they probably will be, if I had to guess, they would be five and three by then, uh, I think is a reasonable expectation. So really, I think this total comes down to whether or not you think they can get a split between the Iowa and Minnesota games. And I think they will. And I think they will go over and get to at least a seventh win. I'm just I'm I'm done betting against Brett Bielema in the Big Ten West. Like he's he's home. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I, I'm on the over, not by much. Uh, like looking at the schedule, like I say, it's somewhat favorable. I mean, some of their road trips are kind of testy, and the offense does, like you say, have a few question marks. And I kind of wonder about some of the talent they lost on defense and those kinds of things. So when they face teams like Maryland, for instance. Like, are Mm -hmm. they going to be able to stop Maryland's passing attack? I don't know. And so, with the guys that they lost. So, we'll we'll see. But I'm on the over. I think they, you know, at least go seven and five. I think once again, though, probably eight and four is like their ceiling. I I, I just think eight and four is it. I don't see them as a nine or ten win football team. I just, I don't see it. No, I think eight is probably their ceiling as well. I think when you play their style, um, unless you're, you can only, just grind teams to death so much uh, and, and win all those games. You know, they're going to have a couple where they just get out-athleted I mean, year. they could start. Yeah, they could start two and two. You know, that road trip to Kansas ain't going to be no fucking slouch. Like, Kansas might not play much defense, but holy shit. Like, right. better have the defense fucking ready to play or they'll score 50 on you, you know? So, I, I don't know, man. There's just this is one of those things. Like I say, it's a tough conference to judge because all these teams are just bunched up in the middle with kind of the same or within a half game or a game total. So I yeah, they are. And I just, I'm kind of also defaulting to Brett Bielema in the big 10 West is, is you know, he, he's at home. He's, yeah. he's in his happy place. So I'll, I'll back him in this conference, mm. this division specifically. So, 
speaking of people that we're going to back repeatedly in this division, you and your boy PJ Fleck have had <laughs> this this love love relationship, and you know they lose Mo Ibrahim. Uh, Tanner Morgan finally has exhausted his eligibility. There's a lot of new faces in Minnesota. What are they going to do this year? <sighs> well, coming in with a seven and a half total, a team that's won nine games in back-to-back years. I, I'll say this. There's way too many arrows pointing down for me to take an over here. So it, it's going to be an under, unfortunately, for the Gophers for me. But I think they take a step back at quarterback. They've got this dude. I'm not even going to attempt to say his name. The Greek rifle, yeah. Yeah, the yeah the Greek gunslinger, you know, whatever they want to call him. I'm not going to attempt that. But he, man, he played some last year and had 111 pass attempts. He had a 54% completion rate. And if unless, unless that improves a lot, then I don't like what I'm seeing, given that I don't think he's going to have the protection of an elite running game like he had with Mo Ibrahim. So... On offense, there's just too many questions for me to feel great about it. Defensively, I have arrows pointing down across the board. I don't think they'll be as talented on defense. They were pretty fucking excellent the last two years on defense, especially last year. They give up 13 points a game. I just don't know that that continues. I think some of the teams around them are getting better. If it was me, I would take the under, but I personally would not bet my money on this because Yes, they lost Mo Ibrahim, but he carried the rock so much. We really don't know how good the guys behind him are. You know, Bryce mm-hmm. Williams was there and he played and he had, you know, he had 4.9 yards of carry. But how's he going to do in a full time role with some an offensive line that's probably not going to be as good? They, they only bring back two starters. So for me. I'm going to take the under, but I don't feel great about it either way. It's just a pick. I wouldn't bet this with my money. Mm. I'm on the under as well. Uh, I, I think they'll be okay running because right? I think they had some depth up front and they got the transfer from Western Michigan who's coming off of back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. So can they pass the ball is kind of my question mark. Um, they bring back their two their two top receivers, but you know you got to get them the ball and they'll be good on defense, not as good. I think they'll still probably be in the teens. I don't like 20 points per game allowed, I think is probably their max, but I think there will be some regression. And I don't love the schedule because no. you got road games, uh, you know, Iowa, Ohio State, North Carolina, you know, home, you get Wisconsin and Michigan. It, I think it's a game too high. So I'm going to say seven and five and the under as well. Yeah. I mean, there's, I can go down their schedule and, pencil them in for two automatic losses right out of the gate because i don't think they can score with north carolina and i don't think they can beat ohio state on the road so right right there's two losses right out of the gate yeah and i don't think they can beat michigan at home and i think underdogs against wisconsin yeah that's what i was gonna say so if you, you then you look at the home schedule and you got michigan wisconsin michigan state there, yeah. just I, I mean, I don't think much. Michigan State scares them, but I, I just I can find too many probable losses on there to think that they're going to go eight and four. Yeah, yeah, I'm so. with you. So give me the under. I hate it because you know I've been on Minnesota. They've been a little bit of a cash cow for me here and there, especially two years ago when I bet the house on them and they they made their over. 
albeit painfully, they did make their over, even though they lost to Bowling Green. But yeah, they uh, made you sweat. Yeah, they did, man. But I that <laughs> bet made me quite a bit of money, so I can't complain. So we'll mm. we'll see what happens. But yeah, under. Oh, let's see. Uh, what about Purdue, the reigning Big Ten West champs? They are a program in transition. They got a lot of people out and a lot of new people in. What do you think? Oh, man. It's right on the line for me. This is another one that I wouldn't bet my money on because there's just – like Ryan Walters coming over as head coach, he came over from Illinois, and that's another thing about Illinois we should have mentioned is that they lost their defensive coordinator – to Purdue. So this guy coming over, you would think that the defense will improve a little bit from 27 points a game allowed. So that's a factor. You would think that, but the last couple of times we thought that, that it hasn't really happened. That's what I was like. It didn't happen in Oklahoma. It didn't yep. really didn't happen at Oregon. Like we thought it would. So yep. I get what you're saying, but we've been bitten by this. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's what you took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, that's a factor, but I'm not sure how big of one because every time we think that a team is going to improve when they get a new coordinator or a new coach, it doesn't happen anymore. They're wor- they're way worse or worse than they were the year before. So for me, dude, I'm just it's it's his first season. It's so many changes. I'm gonna take the under and say they go five and seven. But again, I don't feel great about it. I don't have a ton of conviction either way. It's just it, they're not that interesting to me. I'm just going to say under and move on. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm with you. Between the unknowns that come from new coach, uh, new quarterback, Hudson Card from Texas, by the way, even bringing back their, their leading rusher, I think they have enough kind of question marks around those new faces and the new coach. And then you add the schedule, which is not all that favorable. They get Michigan and Ohio state out of the East. So, and then it's just a lot of 50, 50 games. Yeah. So even really, the, it, I mean, it kind of depends the, on what your preconceived notion of Purdue is, as far as how you judge those games. So I'm, I'm going to reluctantly give them the under, you know, cause yeah. like how, how do they match up with Illinois or Nebraska? Shit. I don't know. It's going to depend on how much better their defense could be that gave up 27 a game last year. Yeah. Like I would like to think they'll be better, but I don't know that if, if you can yeah. tell me right now that they'll improve their scoring average to 21 points a game, I would absolutely take the over, but I, I don't know. And like I said, we've, we've been bit by the defense will be better assumption um, enough to where I'm not going to assume it anymore. So I'm going to take the under for now. Well, that combined with the fact that I think the offense may get worse and combined with the fact that even though they play some middle of the road teams, you know, ones that you would think they'll be favored in, they're on the road. Like mm-hmm. at Virginia Tech, for instance, is a good right. one. Like Purdue will probably be favored. You know, they'll be a small favorite if they're favored, but they'll probably be favored. That's not a fucking easy game. That's not one that I would go, oh, yeah, Purdue's got that. Oh, yeah, playing at Virginia Tech, you know, that's not, you know, crazy or anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So (laughs) they go, they finish out the the season with two games they should win at Northwestern and Indiana. But, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Under, let's move on. They suck. Mm -hmm. They suck. I'm trying to. So you ripped the band aid off of me a little early, and I'm going to do the same. So Iowa is, I was in shock the first time I looked and saw that they were getting eight and a half 
<laughs> and then I really kind of, you know, kind of thought about it and, you know, looked at what they're bringing back on defense, looked at what they brought in on offense, looked at the schedule, and it became a little more of a decision for me. Well, what did you end up landing on? I ended up landing on eight and four at best because bottom line, I still think their defense is going to be really fucking good. Like I, I don't see their defense being bad. It's their defensive coordinator has been there 20 years. He's one of the best DCs in the country. I think they'll still be excellent on defense, even though they did, you know, lose some guys, big time contributors, uh, Campbell and Benson, and they lost Riley Moss as well. So you lose some guys to the NFL stand to reason that they're going to drop off some, but if they drop off some, they're still going to be really fucking good. They'll still be in the teens on the points they give up per game. So Mm -hmm. all that being said, the offense, dude, like is Cade McNamara, like McNamara going to like change the whole thing? Because I don't have a ton of faith that that dude can come in and just inject 10 points a game into their offense. And even if he did, that's still not a fantastic number. It's like middle of the road. So I'm just, I'm not a buyer, dude. Like they kept, they kept Brian Ferentz, which is the most just inexplicable coaching decision that I can muster uh, of the offseason. I, I don't get it. I get he's the guy's kid, but that doesn't make sense to keep that guy. Like if he was working anywhere else, he would have been shit canned midway through the season. Yeah, two so, years ago, probably. I mean, they were, they were horrid on offense after 2021. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're on so the under, huh? Yeah, dude, I, I can't do it. If you're going to just tell me that like Ferentz goes to his press conference at media days or in the spring and he's like, eh, we're not really making that many changes. I don't really see it. There's just lack of execution. It's like, <laughs> well, I don't really think uh, that I have a ton of faith in them to execute much better on offense this year. I And I hope I'm surprised because then I could actually watch an Iowa game and tolerate it. But mm, that's yeah, all yeah. that being said is before I even get to the schedule, which includes at Penn state at Iowa state at Wisconsin at Nebraska. It's just too testy, dude. Like I'm I'm out. I'm out on them. Give me eight and four. That's their ceiling. And I mean they're that's pretty much where they are most years, you know, seven and six, eight and five, you know, nine and four, maybe a ten here and there. So yeah. I'm I'm just gonna stick with the what I expect to see. Ferris is the longest tenured dude in the country and he doesn't really change a whole lot. So hmm. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I so I think they're going to be better on offense because I think Cade McNamara, whatever you want to say about him, I think he's an upgrade over Spencer Petrus. I think they'll be better at quarterback. Well, that's a low bar. It is a low bar. <laughs> still a bar, and he's still going to clear a bar, it. But and it's a I fucking he does. low. Bar. They bring back their top two running backs. Their their top two rushers from last year. You, I can't remember the last time I asked myself. I wonder if Iowa's going to be any good up front on the O line this year. Like that's a given. So, you would think, but it's not, dude. They gave up 38 sacks last year. They sucked. I, I mean, they, I, I think they'll be. I, that's one of those things I'm I'm willing to assume and give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be good up front. Well, that's so, uh, that's generous. That's mighty generous of you, considering they rushed for 95 a game last year and 2.9 a carry. Not great, Bob. So, yeah, because they're playing against a nine-man box because they've got the worst quarterback in FBS, and no one <laughs> fears him throwing the ball. Facts. That's true. So, That's a good point. Like I I'll don't give you that. like you. You look at the re- the returning receivers. I don't. 
I don't know how much I can trust those numbers of the guys coming back because the quarterback play was so brutal last year. Like, I don't know how good these are or good <laughs> these guys are. I, I, they'll be better than 17.8 points per game. Maybe not a lot, but some. Uh, the defense, I think they're going to be excellent again. <sighs> and I think they're just good enough to win enough of these kind of 50-50 conference games. I'm going to – I'm. God, this is going to hurt to say out loud. I can't believe you're you're telling me you're going to take the over on this team. You kidding me? <sighs> it, <laughs> what in the world? It is oh, the man. it's the most unconfident, reluctant over of my life. I can't. I'm going to take the over, but I I'm doing so with less conviction than any other pick I'm going to make in this entire series this summer. <laughs> wow like, i i really don't feel good about it but they're just they're i think their defense and their special teams is just too good oh man I, they're gonna win a game they shouldn't Italy poo offensively <laughs> they couldn't yeah and they're, they're not gonna they're not gonna set the world on fire on offense but i think they'll be they might get into the 20s who knows um you know uh, buckle up i guess if that's the case so buckle up we're we're only going to move two yards at a time but buckle up yeah so let's finish out with a team that i'm personally picking to win the division and that will that will gain more than two yards at a time wisconsin new coach luke fickle he was my favorite hire of the offseason i'm far from alone on that bringing a lot of good players back brought a lot of good players in they're also getting eight and a half from Vegas, just like Iowa. This one was a much easier decision for me. What did you think? Yeah, this was an easy one for me. I, I'm on the over. Uh, too much talent returning. Even with like the only question mark for this team is the scheme change. That's it. Like, how are they going to adjust early in the season to the scheme change? But they have a really fucking favorable schedule to start the season. They play Buffalo at Wazoo, Georgia Southern at Purdue, Rutgers before they really get into the meat of their schedule, which contains Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State, Nebraska, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So I think it sets up really well for them. I know uh, a guy that we follow, you know, Phil Steele, we, you know, always buy his magazine and, you know, enjoy ourselves when it comes out. He, I know he's super high on him, you know, and he's a fickle lover. You know, he loves Luke Fickle. So I think Fickle's a hell of a coach. But this is one of those things where the rest of the conference is kind of trash. Or, well, I shouldn't say conference. The rest of the division is kind of trash. So if they can just get back to doing what they were doing, you take an air raid offense, but you add a guy like Braylon Allen at running back. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting to me. And Tanner Mordecai coming over from SMU. You know SMU's reputation, they fucking sling it all over the field, and it's that run-and-gun type shit, man. So, I don't know. I'm really anxious to see it. I'm excited. They're going to be one of the teams that I'm really excited to watch in the Big Ten, you know, if if there is such a thing beyond Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I'm on the over. I'm going to take it and say they win nine games. Yeah, I'm I'm deaf. I think this is a game too low. I'm all over the over. I think they're going to be really good on defense. Again, they allowed 20.2 a game last year, which was their highest mark, I think, in five or six years. So 
pretty good defense was was kind of their worst version of defense in a half decade. So yeah. I think they'll be better if they get a lot of those guys back. Mordecai is familiar with the system. Phil Longo actually at North Carolina ran the ball a lot more than I remember when I really looked at oh, yeah. those teams. Yeah, when he had oh, yeah. good running backs like Ty Chandler, uh, you know, two years ago, they were averaging 230 on the ground. That's what I was going to say, dude. They had over 200 yards rushing a game under him pretty yeah. regular. I mean, yeah. It, it wasn't. I, I think back to back years that, in fact, they, when they had those guys, they averaged 230, 220 ish on the ground right? when they had Sam Howell yeah. and them. I think they just threw more last year because they had a guy he could do that with and a really good receiver. Yeah. So I, I think he, you know, the quarterback is familiar enough with the scheme. Braylon Allen is going to be running against a, f- a lot fewer, you know, nine-man boxes. They're going to be more spread out. He'll have some room to operate. I think he has a big year. I think this is a 10-win team, and they win the West. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I'm, you know, I'm not ready to say they win double-digit games because I'm just anxious to see how the scheme changes go. And yeah. Well, there might be some growing pains. Healthy because that, that's another thing, too, here. If Mordecai were to go down, like, oh, shit, that, this is not good. Now we've changed our scheme. We've got an air raid and no quarterback to run it. And yikes. Like, that gives me pause big time on taking the over so easily. It's like, well, it's all – but that's there's a lot of teams like that. Right. I mean, that's that's most everyone you take the over on. Yeah. But with a scheme change, and now you've got a quarterback that I'm not sure we really have somebody else who knows how to run the system. I don't know. So right. Pretty pretty crazy, but yeah, I think that's a relatively easy over, and I would also pick them to win the division. So. Mm. All right, so let's recap. We are both on the under for Northwestern 2.5 and, and Nebraska 6.5 although we both think Nebraska will get to six and a bowl game finally. Yeah. We're on the under seven and a half for Minnesota. We are both over on Illinois six and a half and Wisconsin eight and a half. And our only two points of conflict here are Purdue. I took over five and a half. You took under five and a half. That Iowa pick. And that Iowa pick. That's that's gonna be a topic of conversation. I was gonna say I there's no chance I regret that in December, right? Um Oh man, yeah, that's yeah, gonna I'm, be that's one of those like mine and Timmy's, you know, Minnesota pick. It is where probably because I'm nuts, you know. So yeah, and I'm not, and I just actually I just said I'm over five and a half on Purdue, and I took the under, so I'm not sure why I have that mixed up in my notes, but yeah. So but we disagreed on one team from the West. Correct, Iowa. Wow. Oh man. I was expecting more, but in in Iowa, me taking over on Iowa of all things was our our point of descent. Go yeah. figure. Yeah, well, I so, learned my lesson on them. I'm not taking another over on them. So, yeah, I just I think there's too much going on with these other teams and yeah. So many of these other teams are just very, very middle of the road. Well, speaking of what's going on, what's going on next week because by my count, we are arriving in big boy football territory for the rest of the off season until week zero. We are, uh, this week we had a division with two teams that were at getting eight and a half wins from Vegas. And those were the high water marks next week. We're talking about three teams who are getting at least nine and a half. And 
a couple of bad ones also, but a couple of interesting ones sort of in the middle. So Big Ten East next week, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, uh, Rutgers, Indiana, Michigan State, all the playing all the hits. So, oh, yeah. Well, I'm pumped about that. Finally, we're we're we've arrived at big boy football, man. Thank God, because man, it's been rough getting there. But we're closing in three more weeks of previews, and then we'll be ready to go for the season. But until we get there, you guys can find us on social media at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Bailey forty seven. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And you can follow Belly Up Sports at Belly Up Sports or Belly Up Media if you're interested in catching some of the articles that Eric writes. Eric, what's your next article? Are you releasing a Big Ten win total? This, yeah. Um, we're recording this on Sunday night. The article kind of rehashing most of this will be Tuesday morning. So okay. we're working on a bold predictions article uh, that should come out probably in two weeks. That'll be the next non-win totals uh, piece. I'm pumped about that. And while we still have some time, which I guess we should have talked about it at the opening of the show, but little conference realignment, man. Yeah. Pac-12 yeah. takes another blow, dude. Another blow. Like, oh, God. I just – it doesn't look good, man. Like, I think this may be the end. It, it feels like the beginning of the end, right? Because this media thing is dragged on like we talked about with uh, Dennis Dodd where it's just – the longer that drags out, the more uncertainty this entire conference is is operating under. So, you know, Colorado kind of feels like the first shoe to drop. So we'll we'll see if who, if anyone is next. Um, you know, you hear a lot about the Arizona schools or Utah. We'll I see. Utah may, yeah, I think Utah makes the most sense uh, geographically. And also they already have a the rival. natural rivalry. Yeah. Yep in the conference. So that would make the most sense to me, but I don't know. You know, I'm not a media executive. I don't know what's more valuable, the Arizona TV market or the Salt Lake city one. You know, I don't know. I would imagine Phoenix is probably a little bit more valuable as far as I would think. I I would think Phoenix, because just by virtue of having BYU in the conference, they already have at least a piece of that Salt Lake market. Yeah. uh, yeah. Plus, if you bring in Arizona, now you're talking because the Big 12 has leaned into men's basketball the last two years. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and, and Utah has a, a solid history there as well. So I think they should add all three. Add we'll the two see. Arizona schools and add Utah and call it a fucking day at 16 teams, you know. Yeah, uh, 16 seems to be kind of the max that conferences are going to be willing to go for the time being. I think once they get up towards 20 they maybe open themselves up in the current model, right? Where players are not employees to maybe, I don't want to say not antitrust issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's going to get messy if conferences expand too much further than they already are. But yeah, the, the PAC 12 is on the ropes still. Yeah. I don't, I just don't, I don't see it ending well, man. I, I know they put out a statement that said we're going to embrace expansion opportunities and pursue, aggressively pursue teams and all that kind of stuff. But the big 12 also put out that, you know, we're going to aggressively yeah, we're not pursue done. a 14th team. Yeah. So they've talked about wanting to cap it at 14, but if they can get Oregon and Washington and Utah to come along with them, then why the fuck wouldn't they do that? You know? So I, I think Oregon and Washington are the kickers here. What the hell are they going to do? Cause that you feel like that's, 
I know they probably want the Big Ten so bad they can taste it, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know that the Big Ten really stands to gain much value from the Seattle and Portland markets. Well, I think if the Big Ten wanted them, they'd already be there. Yeah, they would already have them. That's right. So um, I'm, if I'm the Big Twelve, that's what I do. I jump and try to just absorb the rest of them and say fuck it and let's operate with 18 20 teams whatever we got to do because it's the big two well we're going to try to make it a big three at least yeah so i don't because you got to feel like the big 10 is going to pick the bones the big 10 and the sec will pick the bones of the acc eventually yeah almost i mean the the pac-12 media deal being finalized and seeing what those numbers end up being will go a long ways in deciding whether an eighth acc team is dissatisfied enough with their setup to where they vote to dissolve and then those teams go you know i'm sure florida state and clemson and maybe miami uh, i think north be, carolina would be an attractive one for attractive the for the sec and then yeah for sure yeah it I don't know. All the San Diego states in the world aren't going to solve the Pac 12's problems. They're <laughs> nope. They're nope. about they're about six years too late on figuring this stuff out. Yeah. Oregon and Washington are now flagship schools in the conference. And yeah. God, if you're Oregon, how pissed off are you if you're Oregon? You're like, we're <laughs> we're we're stuck in this dying conference. We'd like to go to the Big Ten. They apparently haven't made any overtures. You know, the Big Twelve is a gigantic pain in the ass for them. You're you know, you're talking about, you know, women's volleyball team playing a conference matchup at UCF. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I've like, made that flight before. I know you have too. You've made that yeah. drive before. Oh, God. Can you imagine? You know, it's just it, the, the, the Big 12 isn't probably the most attractive option for Washington and Oregon, but it might be their best, you know, available yeah. option. So I, I don't know. It's a mess and I hate well, all of it. Well, if USC is willing to take a, their women's volleyball team on the road to Rutgers, then it stands to reason that Oregon or Washington would be just fine sending theirs to UCF. So I, I guess. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, do these US, USC is doing that for a lot more money, though. Yeah, that's true. They're, the uh, Colorado said they were going to get a full share of the mm-hmm. Big 12 uh, media, which is like $31.7 I think. But... Yeah, Big Ten schools are getting a hundred mil a piece, so a little bit different. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, yeah, obviously the focus of this show is college football, but I think one thing that does get lost when we talk about all this realignment is how it affects the other, you know, eight or eleven or fourteen sports that a school has. So, oh yeah, yeah, you know, it'd be great for football. I can I can watch you know UCLA and Michigan. Uh, not so great for women's basketball or track and field or yeah. So I think they just need to like pass. I wish they're, this is one of those things where I never want government intervention. Okay. Like I would never want that in 99% of situations. I don't want government intervention, but I do feel like if we passed a law that was, that stated, you know, since these college football players are about to be employees or basketball for that matter. Okay. We can separate from the NCAA and create our own league and whatever, but all the non-revenue sports need to stay in the conference they are in and play geographical teams that make sense and right. Well, that. And that's who they want to play anyways. Yeah, that's right. So, so why am I sending my women's volleyball team to Florida from Washington when I could just continue sending them to Cal because the sport doesn't make me any money anyway. So why would I want to go further in the hole? Yeah. I don't, I don't know why they can't do it f- for just football. They and, can. And- 
That's what Notre Dame does it, dude. They play in the ACC in every sport except football. What makes right. Notre Dame any different than any other private school in America? <laughs> Nothing. They it chose just, to be, yeah. Yeah, I mean that I don't understand why other teams don't do that. Like play in a whatever conference you want in football. I mean, BYU did it for a number of years where they were independent and or well, they went Let's see. BYU was playing in the Mountain West and then went independent in football, but stayed in the Mountain West, I believe, for a season or two, and then finally went independent in everything, and now they've joined the Big 12 and everything. So Mm -hmm. you can do it. I just don't understand why more teams don't do that, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing's weird, and I'm not a fan. Yeah, shocking. As you know. All right. Well, we'll be back with you next week to talk Big Ten East. Catch you later. Thank you very much. Have a great day.